welcome to Your Financial Planet podcast with David Valliere and the Synergy Capital Solutions team. This is the show that brings you synergistic financial strategies to help you enjoy the fullness of today and empower your next generation. Join us for this journey to help you synergize your finances. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Your Financial Planet. I'm your host, David Valliere, and today we are doing our 2022 Q1 market update with Eric Nahat. Eric, welcome back to the show. Great to be back. So let's just dive right into this. Uh, look, look at some economics here. Tell me a little bit about what's been going on. Sounds good to me. Um, well, so looking back at, at 2021, uh, real GDP in the U.S. grew at 5.5%, which was the fastest growth for any calendar year since the Reagan era in the, the mid 1980s. So entering 2022, we expected a year that sees the wind down of the pandemic, uh, or at least very least a, a lessened impact on the economy, a return to pre-COVID conditions and continued global recovery. We expected a strong consumer and, and corporate spending to, to lead that recovery, which, which has played out, but we also still saw some challenges ahead. We expected inflation to remain a theme, though I would say inflation remains stickier than anticipated. The last CPI reading was 8.5% year over year, which was the highest in four decades. Uh, that's caused interest rate hike expectations to jump dramatically this year. So we expected rate hikes, though uh, not quite at this pace. We expected supply chain dislocations to still be an issue well into this year. Um, and the recent COVID uh, lockdowns in China further complicate that. Then, of course, the surprise to markets was the Russian uh, invasion of Ukraine. So we saw COVID impacts fade, though with an Omicron wave in there. But then new challenges arise with Russia, stubborn inflation, and a Federal Reserve that's being forced to raise interest rates much quicker than they anticipated. Given the conditions entering the year, we expected economic growth to continue to be positive, but eventually slow down closer to that long-term trend of roughly 2 to 3% that we saw before COVID. Our base case remains that we saw growth in the U.S. for the first quarter, though at a lower rate than expected, maybe in the, the 1% to 1.5% range. So not the decade's best growth that we saw in 2021, but not a recession either. Uh, internationally, especially in Europe, we're less optimistic and see a higher likelihood of recession there. Got it. Okay. So good recap there. So tell me, what are you seeing ahead? What's next? I still think a, a low growth period in, in 2022 in the U.S. is more likely than a recession. The risks of a recession have indeed risen, but that's not our base case. Uh, the U.S. consumer remains in excellent shape. Demand's been strong. Consumer leverage or, or debt service ratios are close to lowest on record. Unemployment rates are low at 3.6%. Businesses are still really healthy. Both consumers and businesses still have plenty of savings after the last few years. Um, the, the financial system is extremely strong. We've seen good mortgage underwriting, even with home prices going up so much. So there's a lot of positives there economically. Inflation is definitely eating away at consumers' purchasing power, especially when it comes to oil and energy. Uh, wage growth has helped to combat some of that, though uh, one of the hardest hit groups from this inflation, I would say, is low-income households. Uh, and uh, I would say that that inflation and, and rising interest rates have pushed down consumer confidence. Looking forward, we expect consumer spending in the leisure, travel, and entertainment areas to continue to recover. 
We expect a transition from goods to services spending. So during COVID, a, a lot of the spending was a, a pull forward in demand in terms of goods, meaning that people bought uh, actual products uh, while they were, were while they're at home locked down. Services now, with services opening up post-COVID, services is actually uh, two-thirds of, of U.S. consumer spending normally. And the consumer is 70% of U.S. GDP growth. So that services spending theme is very encouraging for growth. Internationally, it looks like a recession may be more unavoidable in Europe. European electricity and natural gas prices have quadrupled. And Europe is facing a massive producer price shock right now. So overall, more optimistic about the U.S. and internationally. I think we make it through 2022 without a recession, though risks have risen. Uh, eventually, over the next few years, we expect to slow down in the, the 2 to 3% growth uh, range that we saw before the pandemic. And we're watching for a potentially higher chances of recession in, in 2023 to 2024. A, a lot of this, though, depends, of course, on how fast the Federal Reserve tightens interest rates. Let's take that apart and break it down maybe into equities and fixed income. Talk to me about equities. What did we see? What happened there? Entering the year, we were coming off of a, a 25% plus return in the S&P 500 and three consecutive years of double digit returns. International markets had lagged with, with developed markets outperforming emerging markets internationally. A lot of that S&P 500 return was due to reopenings that boosted earnings far more than most expected. So then Looking at 2022, we continue to see upside in markets, though we expected it to be more moderate than what we've seen the last number of years. Valuations fell back significantly uh, early in the year as risks rose. Uh, the market re-rated, giving that the Omicron wave, uh, Russia's invasion of, of Ukraine, and the uncertainty there, as well as persistent inflation, uh, that once again is forcing the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates quicker than most people anticipated. So. In a rising interest rate environment and with potentially slowing GDP growth, there are more question marks. And when there's more question marks, the multiples that people are willing to pay for earnings or returns decrease. So that's lower valuations. We also saw investor sentiment fall to multi-year lows, actually even lower than the, the 2020 COVID pandemic lows. Ultimately, equities ended the quarter down, say in the, the, the mid-single digit range with U.S. stocks outperforming international stocks. Um, that's why we've always maintained it's important to have that level of diversification and, and global exposure. For, for us, we've owned high quality stocks that can be an anchor during volatility, but also have the, the opportunistic exposure to some of the more cyclical areas that are in recovery mode. So even in, in times like today's with markets down, uh, we own a number of positions, especially in the energy and healthcare space that have outperformed. It's a really interesting comment about investor sentiment um, falling to multi-year lows. It's pretty interesting coming out of a pandemic and, and sentiment is still there. So let's talk about what's next. What are you seeing ahead for equities here? If our base cases for growth in the U.S., which it is, then that would be positive for equities. Uh, I don't think equities are overvalued, especially in the long run. I read a, a quote from Brookshire Hathaway the other day uh, about owning quality companies. Uh, essentially, they said, if you can't sidestep a crisis, own companies that can endure them. And, and we're big believers in that. We still prefer quality, profitability, stability, and, and realized growth in the types of companies that we own. 
We're big fundamental investors. We're seeing strong corporate liquidity and fundamentals there. That means businesses can continue to invest in capital, refill inventory, look to return funds to shareholders and, and participate in M&A. Overall, in a higher inflation environment and with consumers extremely healthy financially and really the, the whole financial banking system healthy, we remain overweight equities and portfolios versus bonds. Uh, as always, diversification, I always talk about diversification, diversification remains key. We wanna have exposure to US stocks and international stocks. Uh, for example, even though we're more comfortable with the outlook in the US, valuations remain attractive for both emerging market and developed market stocks internationally. So we will own exposure there, even though we're underweight. Uh, we also want to have exposure to, to growth stocks and value stocks, as well as exposure to high quality stocks with, with strong cash flows and competitive advantages, as well as recovery holdings and say the energy financials and, and travel sectors. Okay, so let's just transition the conversation away from equities for a little bit and talk about bonds or fixed income. What did we see uh, with fixed income here? Yeah, so uh, fixed income has had a, a tough start to the year, though overweight equities versus fixed income in portfolios. Uh, we did continue to hold bond positions where appropriate for ballast or, or for safety or for marketability in portfolios. Uh, core fixed income, as I mentioned, has struggled. Uh, right now it's down in line with or more than equities uh, for the first quarter. Uh, we have seen credit spreads widen, meaning that more risky bonds are, are pricing in higher default risk when it comes uh, when it's when compared to, to credit risk free bonds, but spreads are nowhere near levels uh, typically seen during recession. So not a huge worry there. Most of that bond downside has been driven by the expectation for rising interest rates with sustained inflation. Now the Federal Reserve could, could hike rates six to seven times this year, uh, mostly at, at 25 basis points or 0.25% at a time, though it could choose up to, to go up to, to 50 basis points or even uh, as I saw yesterday, potentially 75 basis points uh, or more in one step. So in preparation for that, we've had our portfolios positioned with a much shorter duration or exposure to interest rate change, which has helped them outperform in the, the rising interest rate environment we've seen. We've also added exposure to, to areas of the fixed income markets that may outperform in a rising interest rate environment. So a holding such as floating rate preferred stocks, income generating exchange traded funds, and, and active managers that can move quickly in this kind of environment. Okay. So what do you think is ahead for a uh, fixed income here? Good question. So we said <laughs> entering this year that real interest rates look to be too low for an economy that was growing solidly and, and seeing accelerating inflation. And data is pointing to the fact that the U.S. is getting close to or at full employment, but we still had all this emergency monetary policy in place. So now getting uh, inflation down is the Fed's most important task, and we expect them to, to continue to raise rates until they get that under control. Given our expectation for, for rising rates, um, continue to maintain a shorter average duration. So that's that exposure to interest rate change in portfolios. We'll continue to look to areas for alternative or enhanced income, uh, such as high yield bonds, option strategies, and preferred stocks. And then lastly, in, in portfolios, uh, where appropriate, we have a, a bond ladder that allows us to, to better manage that interest rate risk 
and then uh, in the future reinvest at higher interest rates. So a really hard to call what will happen in the short term, but we do expect a rising interest rate environment. Okay, lots of lots of moving parts here, not only with the economy, but equities and fixed income. Wrap that all together, put, put a bow on that for me and for listeners. As always, uh, you don't want to let your emotion cloud judgment. You want to focus on logic, not emotions, and you want to focus on your, your long-term planning. There's always going to be uncertainty when it comes to investing. Um, regardless of, of the time that you're in, there's going to be headlines that people worry about. We expect markets to be more of a grind at this point in the business cycle. We expect more variability amongst, uh, among returns and, and stocks. Uh, we continue to believe that, that timing the market is not a viable strategy and that we should continue to abide by predetermined strategic asset allocation and, and rebalancing approaches. And, and uh, also, as always, new cash should not be pushed all into the market at, at one time. It should be integrated by dollar cost averaging or, or phasing into long-term holdings. Wonderful. And always for listeners, if, if you do want to get a hold of Eric, you have questions for him or anyone on the Synergy team, uh, you can reach out directly at hello, H-E-L-L-O, at SynergyCapitalSolutions.com. And someone from our staff will schedule a meeting for you. Um, this podcast is in syndication, so you can get it anywhere you get your podcasting services, or it can be reached uh, directly at SynergyCapitalSolutions.com. We always ask that you subscribe and share. And we just thank you, Eric, for joining us today. And, and thank you, listeners, for, for uh, continuing to sub subscribe, excuse me, um, on today is actually, this is our 50th episode. So we're really excited to bring your financial planet to you. And uh, once again, I'm your host, David Vallier. We look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Your Financial Planet, the Synergizer Capital podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Synergy Capital Solutions is a financial planning and investment management firm registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk. And there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Synergy Capital Solutions and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of Synergy Capital Solutions and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.